0: you're listening to your home of student-powered radio 106.9 tune fm where it's time for another episode of what the art i know you guys have been keen for that so i'll let them take it away good afternoon you are listening to what the art a weekly chit chat about all things art and culture in new england and beyond i am rachel parsons the director of new england regional art museum and as per usual we're going to be talking about art and stuff so for those of you who have listened to the show before you would have heard me mention Culture Club several times uh, and we officially launched the Culture Club last Friday in an epic event of music, food trucks, art and a pop-up bar. So Culture Club is an event series, it is a network of people, it is a new initiative to connect you with art and culture in a way that is accessible, fun and exciting. Neram is your local cultural hub and we want to provide you with experiences that enrich your life, connect you to things that you are passionate about, allow you to learn something new and interesting and to also also just hang out with your friends um, in an environment that is open and creative and connects you to a community. So we have a lot of things planned for the coming year and uh, being a Culture Club member will ensure that you are in the loop. Our Culture Club launch sponsors were Robertson Morrow and I am joined today by India Moffat who works at Robertson Morrow um, and who was also at the Culture Club launch on Friday. Welcome India.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So you were at Culture Club on Friday night. How was your first Culture Club experience?
1: It was great. We had such a great night. It was really fun. Very excited for the future
0: fantastic. Um, Roberts and Morrow were the sponsor of the the launch of Culture Club, which allowed us to provide some excellent food and also a welcome cocktail uh, designed by Charlie's Last Stand. Why is Roberts and Morrow excited about Culture Club?
1: I think we're just excited about being involved in such a fun initiative. Might not be what you usually expect for a 65-year-old accounting firm, but I think that's why it's perfect. It'll be really fun.
0: Excellent. Um, and can you give us a quick rundown of who Robertson and Morrow are and what you guys do?
1: Mm-hmm. So we are a accounting firm and financial services. We also have offices in Tamworth, Narrabri and Glen Innes. And and yeah, we do a whole range of things, accounting, business advisory. Legal team, everything.
0: Much art involved in, in, in your usual day-to-day work?
1: <laughs> Look, not a lot, but hopefully we can change that. <laughs> yeah,
0: fantastic. And um, before your experience at Culture Club, were you have you been an art lover? Is that something that you have a personal interest in?
1: Oh, absolutely. I'm very blessed to have a few local artists as friends and it's really awesome in the New England at the moment it's been very fun and I just
0: learned that you're also a little bit creative yourself with the flowers
1: yes Is that correct? I have come from a floral design business self you know um, entrepreneur and now work at Robert and mo
0: So can you manage both of those things together you're still keeping up with some of the flowery <laughs> flowery creative stuff uh, only personally sure yeah um so now that you have experienced culture club what kinds of experiences or events are you looking forward to seeing in the program
1: oh there's so many good ones um and a great diverse range i know the art talk is coming up about investing in art which should be very interesting
0: absolutely and i guess there's a synergy there with and morrow yes that's
1: right As well as um, we're hoping to get there this Sunday as well. Oh, fantastic for the Declan concert, Declan Kelly concert.
0: Yeah, so I think we're we're um, aware that uh, you know people, particularly sort of um, you know young professionals, need a lot more nighttime activities, fun things for them to do to hang out with their friends. So another concert in the courtyard seemed very much uh, in order. We are hoping, of course, that the the rain holds off. It's been looming over all of my events as of late, um, but but did hold off for the Culture Club launch, which was fantastic. We were very lucky. Absolutely. Um, so. Uh, So, yeah, we've got a bit of art going on. We've got some music um, coming up and we do have our new collector's um, uh, event also coming up. But if people need some accounting tips, I suppose, uh, how do they get in touch with Robert and
1: Well, you can just call up. There's also our website, which has a whole lot of information on it about all of our range of services as well, not just accounting. So, yeah, get online, give us a call whole range of options.
0: Awesome. And then you can also potentially party with you at our next Culture Club event. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely.
1: Yeah, hang out with your
0: accountant in the art gallery. Sounds like a great plan. Sounds
1: great. Um, And did you pick up your Culture Club tote bag? Absolutely. I've been using it for my laptop.
0: And it's a beautiful design. It's great. um, By our designer Cass. I think it is the accessory that everyone needs this season. Definitely, Uh, fantastic! Well, thank you for joining me, India. Um, And for those of you who are not currently a member of Culture Club, you still absolutely can join up. Just visit the Niram website, um, and your membership gets gets you free access to the Niram New Collectors Program, a ten percent discount in the Niram shop, a gorgeous monthly Culture Club calendar in the post, the chance to win swag in upcoming Culture Club comps, ten percent discount on Niram art classes and workshops priority access to special events that we know you will love and if you are part of the first 100 people to sign up you also receive an exclusive limited edition culture club tote bag that india already loves Um, but we've already got i think like 80 members so if you want to be in that first 100 group you better get in quickly and as india said it's absolutely worth worth it definitely Um, And coming up this Thursday, which is tomorrow at 6pm, we have the first of the New Collectors events, and we'll be talking about how to start your own art collection uh, with some arty experts coming from Inverell and also from Brisbane. Um, So if you're interested, make sure you book in. The event is free for Culture Club members. And uh, we're starting at the very beginning, you know, how to buy your first artwork, essentially. Um, Have you ever bought an artwork, India?
1: I have, yeah. You
0: have? Yeah.
1: Are you addicted now? Absolutely. Yeah. No, I do. I love it.
0: Excellent. So, yes, so we will get people started on um, creating their own collections. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me, India. Um, And now, in honour of the Culture Club launch um, and our friends at Roberts and Morrow for their sponsorship, we are going to play the event's theme song, Come a Chameleon, by the Culture Club. Welcome back to What The Art. I am pretty excited to have our next guest on this show because it means I get to discuss one of my absolute favourite things, next to art, which is fashion. Um, Anna Boston is the jewellery designer and ceramicist behind local Armadale brand The Eclective. Anna produces ceramic earrings and jewellery handmade using Australian porcelain and stoneware clays. And I'm speaking from personal experience when I say her work is gorgeous as I wear it all the time. In fact, I'm wearing it right now. How very convenient. Hello, Anna. Hi, Rachel. <laughs> nice to have you on the Thank show. Thank you for having me. So lately, I have seen you in all the relevant magazines. Downtown Magazine has just done a current feature on you. And last year you were in the Journal of Australian Ceramics. So you're becoming both a local and national star in the ceramics world. But let's go back to the beginning. Tell me how you came to work with
2: Clay. Um, I've kind of always had some crafty projects um, going on ever since I was a kid. And I remember uh, an aunt of mine was very much into clay, and she would we'd go out and play at her house in school holidays, and she'd get fire things for us. Um, and I kind of really enjoyed working with clay back then, but I didn't really do anything more with it until probably about four years ago. Um, and I'd always known about the pottery club in Armidale, and um, I thought, take take the chance on they had a one day workshop of hand building. And I went down there, and I was just hooked from the moment I started. Um, so, prior to working um, with ceramics for jewelry, I did have um, a jewelry business um, working with metals and wood and things like that. But this is the first time that um, I've kind of melded the two together.
0: Sure. So I know you predominantly for making the jewelry that I, you know, get from the eclective. Did you also have a go at? throwing
2: pots yeah look I tried to throw on the wheel for a couple of sessions and I just realized I didn't have the patience for it it's a very uh, technical skill that you need to develop some people have a knack for it um, but I'm a real instant gratification kind of gal and I was like I want to put things in the kiln right now and get an outcome tomorrow so throwing and learning to throw precisely Um, you know, maybe when I'm retired, I'll (laughs) commit to that. But right now, I like um, the uh, more simple, but probably technically just as difficult um, in terms of when I look back at what I first made. Mm. Oh, my God, chunky, (laughs) chunky, chunky. Um, And the science of it. That's also what I've really started to develop. And knowing more about what you can and can't do with clay like knowing the rules um and how to break them or um how to get the best outcome mm. um i've really um yeah developed in that way so i look back on three and a half years and maybe i could have learnt to throw in that time but i've also just learnt to make jewelry so
0: there's actually quite a bit of science involved really oh, with crazy clay
2: crazy amount
0: particularly when it comes to things like glazes and how long to put things in the kiln for so have you picked up all of those tricks you have a repertoire now understanding how those things work
2: oh I definitely have some tricks but there are probably another 40 years worth of tricks I need to learn um so I work predominantly with porcelain which can be quite um uh finicky clay to work with it has a thing called memory um and it sounds very strange to say that about an organic material but if you push porcelain the wrong way or mold it too hard one way it can remember that and so then when it's under pressure at 1300 degrees it can kind of go back to that it's like memory foam in a way but under like intense delay so learning how to treat um the clay with respect um, of sort of knowing the bounds of what you can and can't do with it. Um, And then the types of glazes you can use with different types of clays, but the science of glazes is, you know, that's some intense chemistry. Um, Luckily there's many amazing Australian and international potters who are very generous with their recipes and their skills. Um, So there's a couple of really good online groups where people share tips and tricks. Um, and there's also potters who have written books of glazes who will then share their recipes. Mm. So I'm starting there. It's kind of like at the very simple baking end. I'm not inventing a cake recipe. I'm just using a tried and tested cake recipe. But, yeah, it's pretty exciting.
0: Excellent. So in your Australian Ceramic Journal piece, you talk about your hashtag blue bias. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Well, it was... The Australian Ceramics Journal um, asked me to write a piece for their colour um, journal, and I was kind of thinking about you know my relationship to colour or how I use colour in my work, and then I looked back and I was like I just make blue things, (laughs) Um, and I think that's both a reflection of um, you know my own personality and what I like but also looking into the history of porcelain in particular and blue or cobalt glazes on porcelain. So that very traditional blue and white, because it's just such a beautiful contrast and cobalt will show up so beautifully on bright white porcelain. So I think that's kind of where it led me to explore all of the different blues Um, and have to say I'm the traditional pottery colors of the browns and tomato reds, look, they're great for other people, they're just not for me. So um, I think that's where the blue kind of came from.
0: I must admit, I am most excited by your current coral pink glazed mm-hmm. work. Uh, and this is a much more recent color experimentation. Uh, has it been fun to branch out from blue?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, I started to, people were sort of giving me requests for colors that were outside of my comfort zone. And I was always like, no, I'm such a purist, I'm only ever going to make what I like. And then, you know, I thought I've got to try this and really branch out a bit. Um, And so I started looking for some pinks um, because I really like a bright fuchsia kind of colour. And I found this, um, it's actually a pre-made glaze. It's a sparkle kind of colour. And... I didn't tell anyone I was doing it. I just kind of did it to see what would happen, and it came out so beautifully and it's such a fun pop of color and it got such a great response. So there's it really gave me confidence to look outside what I normally do and also that you know you can do things that make you happy as a designer or you know as the creator, but also that you know people will love. So that's been an interesting journey.
0: So your work, and we will put some images up on our website, and you can also, of course, check out The Eclective on Instagram and Facebook to have a look for yourself. But um, I I guess you're most well known for quite simple geometric shapes, beautifully made, um, but, you know, lots of circles, squares, rectangles. Is that um, a practical thing from a making perspective or what attracts you to this kind
2: of style and this aesthetic? I think I am just a minimalist in terms of my style myself um, I think in the jewellery world there's heaps of crazy shapes and crazy colours and crazy combinations you can come up with and at one point I was sort of trying to follow that and it just was not what it wasn't making me happy I was getting it out of the kiln and going oh it's not really me so um, to just have very simple classic pieces that have a modern styling about them that people can kind of wear for all sorts of things. You know, you can wear them to work, you can dress them up at night, they're very lightweight and easy to wear. Mm. So there's a few things that go into why I make certain things, but I just don't like fussy stuff. Mm. I like really clean, simple design. So can you tell us a little bit about your design
0: process? You know, What are the steps to going from a chunk of porcelain through to a beautiful pair of earrings?
2: Um, So the first step is um, to uh, roll the porcelain out as flat as possible without kind of distorting it or making it cross with you. Generally, <laughs> that's very scientific. Don't term. make the clay mad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, don't push it harder than it needs to be pushed. Um, and so I'll cut out maybe a hundred pieces in a sitting, um, and I try and plan what the batch will be at the end so that I put the holes in the right places. That took me a few batches to learn that process from the beginning. Um, And then once they've dried to what is called a bone dry stage, you can handle them. They're fragile. Um, And then that's when I will sort of um, sand um, and sponge them to make them very um, smooth. Mm -hmm. And then they go usually in a bisque firing, which is eight hours at about a thousand degrees to start with or you can go straight into single firing, which is because my pieces are so small, they don't necessarily need to go into a bisque and have um, all the moisture evaporated first. So um, once they're bone dry, I will then glaze them and then they go into about a 14 hour firing at mm, we get up to about 1260 degrees so, so time and heat is what you know, yeah, makes it all time, pretty time and heat um and it's amazing the difference that 10 or 20 degrees mm-hmm. at that upper uh, level will make so it's there's both a science and a sort of an intuition that starts to happen where you're like oh, should i turn it off should i leave it and there's a few signals you can look for and. Um, you use cones, which are, um, they melt at different temperatures in the kiln, mm-hmm. so you can open the front of the, not open the front of the kiln, but you can look in and see whether they've melted or not. Sure. So um, yeah, but still things that you think you know how they're going to behave, can, they can just have different days in The kiln, so yeah, it's an interesting challenge.
0: You mentioned the pottery club, and we're actually yeah. both members of yeah. the pottery club because pottery club, yeah, because I do enjoy making very bad pots. It's <laughs> my you're story. like
2: me, though, you haven't learned to throw, yet. no, no,
0: not at all. Making bad hand-built pots. Um, for those, can you tell me a little bit about pottery club? And for those who might want to try
2: their hand at some clay, how might they get involved? Um, so pottery club is a really beautiful volunteer organisation. And it's basically just a bunch of people who are literally potty about pots. (laughs) Um, And there are some very long-term members there who have, you know, 40, 50 years experience working with clay and they are super generous with their time Um, and knowledge to share with new members Um, and the whole setup of Pottery Club is amazing it's this um, it's the old entrance to the town pool and it's uh, owned by council but they rent it to Pottery Club for use and members get a key and you can come and go as you please and there's massive benches for working there's about eight um, pottery wheels there's a couple of kilns, there's heaps of glaze equipment and of course there's great people around to pot with as well. So if you're interested in um, checking out Pottery Club, either joining as a member or they do workshops, there's hand building, wheel throwing, um, all kinds of pottery and clay workshops happening throughout the year, if you jump onto their Facebook page which is Armadale Pottery Club. All the details
0: are there. And for people who want to check out The Eclective, where's the
2: best place to see your work and, you know, go shopping? Uh, I have a website, which is theeclective.com.au au or eclective.au on Instagram um, as well. And I put a few behind the scenes and making photos up there as well.
0: And, of course, you can also find some of the Eclective's work at the Neuram shop.
2: Only the best work goes to the Neuram shop. Yes,
0: absolutely. So come visit us at the museum if you want to see Anna's work. Thank you so much for chatting with me, Anna. Pleasure. I see you're also wearing your Eclective. Here. Yes,
2: I have. My collection is mostly white, which yeah. is crazy <laughs> that I've just talked about colour for so long, but I find it just goes with everything everything yeah awesome thank you so much
0: so that's all the time we have for what the art today but we will be back next week to talk more about arts and culture related stories in the meantime you can always get your culture fix at niram at niram.com.au so come in and see us or if you want to go online we are on facebook and instagram I am Rachel Parsons, and I will see you soon at Neerham. We're going to finish off with a tune by Declan Kelly, Take Me In Tonight. Declan is playing a gig at the Neerham Courtyard this Sunday. So if you like what you hear, make sure you book a ticket via the Neerham website.